This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Heinemann and I am here with my co-host Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. This is going to be a fun episode because it's one of our just most favorite authors of Lifeway. You are so biased, Kelly, but I'm so grateful. (laughs) You know what? I can be biased, Lisa. Lisa Harper in the house. That's because we go way back, baby. I know, but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's good. That's good. Nobody would guess our age, right? (laughs) No, and I think we're right there together, but that's we're not going to combine them. We're not going to share them, but... I'm proud of every wrinkle I have. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I may, I, I may ultimately try to try to look, you know, my age, but but and and have to get some help, at least some good makeup. But I told somebody the other day, I've loved every single year I've gotten to live, and so I'm fine to look 57. I don't want to look any younger. That's right. That's right. And Lisa, yeah. you've been on the podcast a few times, but it it has been just a little while, so. Catch us up. Give us the update on what's going on in your life and ministry about Missy. Anything new you want to tell us about? Mm. My daughter is uh, just such an amazing miracle, like everybody else's kids. It's just it's fun to see her grow up. You know, I remember way back when, when I got to bring Missy home from Haiti through a miracle of adoption, several well-meaning um, other moms said things like, oh, you're going to be so sad when she grows up, or oh, you're going to miss these years. And I have not found that to be true. Every single season with her has kind of been better than the one before. You know, I loved when she was little, so dependent. She is going to be 12 next week, actually in two weeks, July 13th. And it's just fun. She is fun to hang out with. She's um, growing like a weed. She's uh, gained like 20 pounds just over the last few months because she's grown up. You know, she's not yeah. a little girl anymore. So she's gone from from little girl to young lady. And it's just, she is she is amazing to hang out with. We actually, Kelly went to Dollywood this past, past weekend with our friend Christine Kane. And you know how Chris, <laughs> yeah. is, um, Chris is, is particular about certain things. And I laughed so hard, I thought my cheeks are cramping <laughs> because Missy is kind of her, you know, she called, Missy called, Aunt Chris, her favorite aunt, in front of my real sister. And I was like, not cool, baby, not cool. (laughs) Um, But they are two peas in a pod. And so to watch them skip around Dollywood and to force Chris to take a bite of a funnel cake, that was just a trip. Okay, can I tell you something that I did the other day with my daughter, who's now 27, and no one told me how much fun this would be. She's pregnant with my first grandchild. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. And we went shopping for maternity clothes, and we had That's a amazing. blast. And so, you know what? It is. Every season is so fun. It's so fun. It's Enjoy so it. fun. Well, Missy, the the other day, I was just, um, I'm, like you, Kelly, I've gone back to school, and I have two more classes left in the academic 
part of my doctorate and I am just under just got a lot going on right now I've got 18 papers to write in the next 10 days so I'm not real sure I'm going to do it and it was weighing on me pretty heavily the other day and Missy just picked up on it and she said mama are you grumpy and I was like baby I'm sorry I am feeling a little bit overwhelmed and she just started to sing to me and you know that new uh Carrie Job and Cody Carnes song that well it's not that new but it's my favorite song this year the the blessing mm-hmm. and you know where it talks about um, God's favor being upon you and it says and your family and their children and their children it's talking about mm-hmm. generations Missy started singing that at the kitchen table just morning you know middle of the morning singing that over me to encourage me and when he, she sang to me that you know may his favor be upon you and your children and their children I just was like, honey, do you know who you're talking about there? You know, and she was like, she told me she knew we were talking about Jesus. And I said, well, honey, we're talking about Jesus as the one who loves us and gives us favor. But you're talking about my grandchildren. That would be your children. She just got these huge eyes. But I thought, man, it's just incredible. I can't believe you're in that blessing. That's so cool. Well, we are so excited to talk to you because you have a study out how much more that's right tell us about the study we know you've written lots of studies for lifeway so what is but you've said that this one was one of the hardest ones to write yeah i think it's been the hardest um well it's it has been a hard study it's because i i didn't realize how much work i even had to do Mm -hmm. and of course still have to do i'm in kindergarten on so many issues but about the redemptive nature of god that there is god is never punitive he's never unkind he disciplines us but i think we tend to have this mental image of god as angry in the old testament and then Mm -hmm. jesus is you know happy jesus with hair extensions in the new testament (laughs) and of course that's not true first of all he's a trinitarian god so he's the same god today Mm -hmm. yesterday and forever and he has always been good he's always been in the process of redeeming our inherent dignity and mitigating evil it's just we don't always get these stories in this divine love story called scripture in the proper context and so so I felt led. I hope it was the Holy Spirit. There were definitely <laughs> some late nights that I thought maybe I was inspired by caffeine. But um, I felt led to take some passages in the Bible that I think have been misconstrued through mm-hmm. the years that painted God as angry or painted him as less than kind. Yeah. And to really dive deep into those passages, some in the old, some in the new, to explore um, God's compassion, that Mm -hmm. he's never not kind. And so uh, I I dug pretty deep, stayed up really late, and um, have some amazing professors that I got some some good wisdom from. But it was was awesome. It was kind of a a long tour through Scripture, just mining for more love nuggets. Well, what's so interesting is I feel like this has been almost like a theme in our podcast episodes for mm-hmm. a while now, but just talking about how the law is such a grace. And, yes. and that is one of those passages where I yes. feel like everybody's like, you know, God just gave us all these rules that we right. have to follow and all this. Right. And it's such a grace and such a demonstration of his love right. for his children. Right. Um, and so, and a lot of times we also just want to wipe away the law now that Jesus came. Right. And so we don't right. need that anymore. And we right. don't need the Old Testament God. Like right. it's a separate person, like you said. Um, and so I think that 
um, that's interesting to me that that has been that has been coming up over and over oh, again. Over and over. It's my basically it's my my dissertation for yeah. my doctorate is to take those passages that we have just misunderstood them. If you ever mm-hmm. think God is anything less than kind yeah. to us, or that His motive is redemption and rescue, we're getting it wrong. I told Missy the other day because we had this little faith opportunity the other night. She's rarely naughty. I'm the naughty one in our family. Missy's she's such a good kid, but she was tired and she was just the tiniest bit disrespectful. And so I told her that you know that there were consequences for that, and I told mm-hmm. her that that she probably wasn't going to have her iPad time the next yes. day. <laughs> and she told me we're big verbal process at our family. You know, Kelly, we don't have a, a daddy with skin on, and so yeah. there's lots of estrogen in our house. So we are we are always verbal processing. And I said, baby, how do you feel about that? And she said, well, I'm angry. And I said, you are? And she said, mm-hmm. And I said, well, well, what are you mad about? I said, are you mad at me? Are you mad that you got in trouble? Are you mad? And she said, well, I'm a little bit mad at you. And I said, I get that. I used to get bugged with my parents, too. And I said, um, we started processing it. And she said, I think I'm just going to run away. And there's a little town next to us named Spring Hill. And she said, I think I'm going to run away to Spring Hill. So we started talking about the consequences of her running away in the middle of the night, how she'd probably get hit by a car and she'd certainly get hungry (laughs) between our house and the next place. And so we were just talking about it. And I said, "Um, baby, I said, remember when we went bowling the last time, those bumpers that came up on either side of the lane? And she was like, yes, ma'am. And I said, remember how those bumpers like really helped you and it made your ball go all the way down to the pins and those bumpers were cool because you didn't bowl gutter balls and she was like yes ma'am and I said well baby that's what I do as your mommy I'm not a killjoy God has allowed me to put bumpers in your life and one of them is shepherding and that means I I help you I protect you I make sure you're not run over by cars and the other bumper is nurturing Mm -hmm. and so we just happened to have been in the garden earlier and I said you know how we always put eggshells around our tomato plants and we water our tomato plants she was like yes ma'am and I said well why do we do that she was like to make them grow and I said that's exactly right and so we were talking about how those bumpers are for our good and I said baby that's God is the perfect father everything he tells us it's for our good. We might not get it then. We might feel like running to McDonald's and Spring Hill, but sometimes you get a little further down the line and you realize, oh, that wasn't punitive. That was actually for my good. That was for my best. It's so I could grow in not only godliness, but I could grow in the capacity of understanding how much he loves me. I think that's such a great reminder for, you know, even just as parents, you know, how it, we we do see that metaphor for our heavenly father and just how he loves us and how he wants the very best for us. And we, we often, we, and you know what the good thing is, is that when we throw a fit and when we get angry, he can handle Mm -hmm. it. Like, absolutely yes. you know, absolutely well even when he disciplines us there's I always feel like there's this tremendous grace braided into his discipline you know I grew up thinking if I stepped out of line you know there's this great grease tube that led straight to the you know the H-E double hockey sticks <laughs> and I thought man if I mess up I am so busted he's going to fly me fry me into a grease spot of oblivion and it took me a long time to get oh even even when I need to be disciplined 
it, you know, he hugs me afterwards. It's always with grace. I used to think I was studying this recently about Sabbath. And when you get Sabbath, you know, in the proper context, God is giving his people these parameters right after they've been rescued from captivity in Egypt. And in Egypt, they'd been taught that their God during the day was the sun. It was the, the sun God, Ra. And when the sun came up, it beat down on them mercilessly as they made bricks, you know, out of out of strong clay. And nobody valued them. They worked 18 or 20 hours a day, 365 days a year. You know, there's no vacations. There's no working from home. I mean, it was backbreaking, brutal work, and they died young. And so God reframes their understanding because they thought as slaves. And he said, no, you matter so much to me that I want you to have a day off. I want you to have this day. You're not going to completely understand it now, but it's called Shabbat, where you get to rest, where you get to lean into my affection, remember whose you are. You know, I grew up thinking Sabbath was just, I couldn't wear bikinis. We had a pool and we, you know, we had a fence. You couldn't even see us. But on Sundays, my mom, she was all about, you know, keeping the letter of the law. And so we couldn't wear bathing suits. My dad wasn't even a Christian when I was growing up and she wouldn't let him mow the lawn because it was like, oh no, somebody could see you on the lawn and then we'd be breaking Sabbath. So when I was younger, I understood these parameters as as rules, as even God being kind of a unibrowed killjoy, like he was just waiting to smack me over the head with a Bible. And I'm not in any way saying God is less than holy. He's perfectly holy, but his holiness includes this compassion that is just beyond our comprehension. Even that, even keeping the Sabbath, it's about our, it's for our benefit. You know, it's for us to to not kill ourselves with work. Yeah, but but a good thought. Okay, I want to switch gears for a second because there was something I noticed in the study that I think our listeners will really kind of want to know more about because there's some patterns. Like you have a Mm four-step pattern, and they are stretching sacred muscles, Mm -hmm. learning redemptive rhythms, following God's lead, and dancing for good. Uh, yeah, you want to explain a little bit and like how you incorporated those in the study? Yeah, that's a great question, Kelly. Um, and thank you for even reading it. Um, years ago, my therapist, because um, that's one of the means of grace in my life, you know, the answers are in God's word, but I'm such a hot mess. I can't always apply them to myself, especially to the bruised places in my heart. So I've been in Christian counseling for a long time. And I tell my counselor that I'm job security for her because <laughs> I'll probably <laughs> be there for a long time to come. But anyway, she was helping me navigate some places where I'd gotten into some sinful patterns, some ungodly patterns, and helping me, you know, live my life and and kind of navigate my relationships in a way that was more God-honoring and redemptive. And she said, Lisa, as you change your patterns to become more of the way God has wired you to be, um, she said, it's almost like everybody in your life has been dancing the waltz. And when you switch the foxtrot, nobody's going to like it at first because you're going to throw everybody off their rhythm. Everybody's going to be stepping on each other's toes. She said, it's really hard to change your rhythm. And that was just such a, I could kind of see that in my head. I could, you know, I'm not a great dancer, so I could definitely understand the stepping on toes part. But I thought that's how it is even with us understanding, getting getting a fresh picture of who God is and who he's called us to be. We have to relearn those steps. You have to learn a new rhythm. It won't just be an aha moment and a switch will flip and everything will happen right away. There's got to be time that we spend in God's word, in this love leather. There's got to be time we spend 
praying about these things, actually, you know, being in the posture of receptivity and going, okay, Holy Spirit, change my mind. You know, give me bigger eyes to see how much God loves me. And so I just thought it'd be cool to put it in the context of a dance and not make it sound so hard because sometimes I think, you know, especially in Western Christianity, we tend to make everything about God hard and everything linear, like he's uh, something, you know, he's a he's a concept to be studied instead of a person that we have a relationship with. And so that's that's kind of why I put it in that four-step framework. I love that. Yeah. So we often hear from people who maybe grew up around the Bible or they know bits and pieces of the story of God's people. And it can be difficult if you just know the pieces to reconcile the God of the Old Testament with the right. God of the New Testament, like we talked about. So maybe what encouragement or what advice would you give women as they're reading their Bibles and maybe they're following a reading plan or maybe they're you know, doing this yeah. Bible study and then this yeah. Bible study. So how can they kind of like keep in mind who God is, no matter where they're reading and That's studying. That's a great question, great thought. Um, I think if you understand every single thing we read, first of all, it's a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is a beginning to this story, right. and then you see the end of the story as it's written. Of course, the true end of the story is going to be when we're in the right. arms of Jesus, and the psalmist says, when we see him face to face, We'll be satisfied. Mm-hmm. We won't have any more questions. It, it'll it'll be perfect. But the story he's given us, this revelation called the Bible, it's all written under this canopy of grace. From the very beginning, he was kind to his people. He's telling them, I want you to take time off. I don't want you to kill yourself. You know, at the very end, we see there's no more crying. There's no more dying when we're with Jesus. So if you look at this whole story under the canopy of grace, then you go, oh, I may not understand this one part. Right. Let me let me just remind myself all of it exists under this canopy of of grace, of unconditional mm-hmm. love. He is a redeemer. So I may not get this part. Like there's and we go through a lot of those passages in the yeah. study, some parts that if you just read that passage, mm-hmm. you'd go, Goodness mm-hmm. gracious. You know, God <laughs> seems really, really ticked right. here. <laughs> But if you don't see maybe his discipline in that passage under this canopy that he's always moving us toward redemption, mm-hmm. he's always moving us toward the true north of Jesus, yeah. then all of a sudden you go, oh, I got that out of context. Now that I see it in that, like there's, there's a couple of passages that were huge aha moments for me mm-hmm. in in the program and I'm in right now in seminary. My professor walked in at I've I want to say it was two summers ago. So I just started back on my yeah. doctorate. I'm, I'm, I always say I shouldn't say this because it sounds too self-evasing, but I am definitely not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to my doctoral <laughs> candidacy. I'm in there with all these smart people, and we had this amazing class where our professor talked about a passage in Matthew 18 that certainly seems punitive. Mm-hmm. And he just explained, you know, very, very clearly. He didn't even have to go into all the Greek and Hebrew and the syntax. Right. He just explained Remember, this was what was going on in their culture. And he's speaking to that. It was always relevant to whoever received the first word. And I just realized I have seen this completely wrong. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get up. When class was over, everybody left. I sat just kind of frozen in my seat. I'm 57 years old. I've been walking Mm -hmm. with Jesus since I was five. And I was just undone by he's more loving. Then I'd hoped the professor leaves. Well, he came back a few minutes later because he had forgotten something in class. And there I am, you know, one of his older students just bawling in mm-hmm. my chair. 
And he was like, are you okay, Lisa? And I said, yes, sir. And I think he thought like I had a family emergency or something. And he said, may I ask, you know, what's going on? Can I help you? And I said, Dr. Howard, I'm just, I'll cry now thinking about it. You know, I said, I'm just so overwhelmed at his kindness. Mm -hmm. I think for a moment he thought I should be in the counseling track (laughs) instead of the theology track. But I was just undone that this passage, I mean, I grew up, you know, half Baptist. I've seen most of these stories flannel graphed. And sometimes it's almost like you need to hear it from a different vantage point to go, Oh, my goodness, he wasn't mad at us there. He's moving us toward redemption. So, frankly, I think most of Scripture, we don't get the fullness of God's love Mm. until you get it in context. Yeah. It really kind of reminds me of your Job study because, you you know, you look at Job's life and you look at those hard things and you, Mm -hmm. but yet you still see the goodness of God. Oh, yeah. Overarching plan. That right. we don't always see, and we just and so, you know we're not Kelly. I mean, do you think you've been walking with Jesus for a long yeah. time too? And you have too, Elizabeth. You, mm-hmm. you, we have such finite minds, we can get in part, but we can't. My, my mind's too dinky to completely <laughs> comprehend the kindness of God. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be you know I'm going to misunderstand it at some level. And I'm so grateful that, you know, there's that verse most of us know that if we if we seek him with all our hearts, he will be found by us. And I love that promise. But the promise that's similar to that, only so much better, is in Isaiah, where he says his love for us is is so big and it's not dependent on our deservedness or lack thereof. His love for us is so great, he pursues those who aren't even looking for him. So it really isn't about our comprehension. I'll talk to women sometimes who go, Oh, well, Lisa, I don't I don't have your life. You know, I don't have the luxury of going to seminary yeah. and mm-hmm. studying under these brilliant men and women who've memorized, you know, the the Bible in the original in the original Original text, and I'm like, you don't have to go to seminary. No. You just have to lean into the arms of your Savior. He will reveal to us um, what our hearts can take in. And if you hear nothing else from Scripture, hear that God loves you, that we have been the object of His affection since the beginning of human history. Okay, we have a fun question for you. We want to jump into okay. this because you have done several studies with us, but yeah. give us a behind the scenes. Something funny that happened, maybe <laughs> the things that are the bloopers that nobody knows about, that, you know, maybe even just in the, in your own writing editing process, you know, something yeah. that's happened. Oh, I mean, Kelly, I feel like my life is a blooper reel. <laughs> I make so many mistakes. That's why I always have to work with the editors. I will tell you, I was trying to wear leather pants one night to the taping because I thought, well, this will, you know, this will just be cool. And because it was, I, I taped this when it was a, when it was cold. We were, we taped it in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it we taped in November, and so it was cool. And I thought ah, I can get away with leather pants. And I forgot about the lights, mm-hmm. and it was so hot. I thought I am sweating yes. under these pants. It's going to be like it's going to sound like ducks are being killed because there's going to be so much squeaking. So I did have to peel off the leather pants and and change into <laughs> jeans. But there's always something. You know how it is. I mean, Paul says God uses you know the weak and the 
foolish to illuminate God's power and God's wisdom. And so I feel like I am kind of the queen of the donkeys and the rocks that cry out. So there's always something, you know, sometimes I did one night, it wasn't so much a blooper, but I think one of the sweetest nights of the study, because y'all know how it is, there's people there. So there's, it's like scripture. Sometimes we forget the original audience. You know, there's a group of women there. It's COVID. We're all wearing masks when it was taped. But God just, his presence just fell during a couple of the sessions, and we just tell him to turn the cameras off. And it just became church. We had some really incredible times of prayer for some women who really were still struggling with some wounds that experienced in church, in Christianity, where they'd felt really bent by shame and they weren't good enough. One of the cameramen, oh my goodness, he just became a pastor, prayed over some women. I mean, it was it was cool. We had church while this study was being taped. That's even better than the bloopers. Yeah, we love yeah, them. The bloopers, we did include some of the bloopers, though, in the Bible study itself, because I think it's fun to yeah. remember that, you know, just because somebody has a microphone doesn't mean they have it all together. <laughs> Yes, I love any kind of bloopers, but I do also love the behind-the-scenes look at Mm -hmm. the tapings. Like, I do think that people forget that while, you know, women are listening to the Bible study for the first time and they haven't had a chance to do the Bible study book, so sometimes it's a little like they're excellent actors. (laughs) But it is also just such like God can use that even oh, you know the audience members the camera people the makeup person right, like right. all those different people um are hearing this yeah, message it's an and it's community yeah. one of the nights um there's a young woman just lovely young woman there um but wasn't kind of the stereotypical woman who was coming to this taping and so, you know, I, I was, you know, again, we had to follow COVID protocol, mm-hmm. but I was like completely masked and everything when I go out and talk to people. And I right. asked her if I could hug her. And long story short, this young woman was homeless. Mm-hmm. And it was just a crazy way that she heard about the study. She was living out of her car. Mm-hmm. And she came to the study really just hungry for connection, but also mm-hmm. kind of with that question of, you know, could a God like that love me? Mm-hmm. And as I started talking to her, other girls started just coming around her, kind of women. This was a young woman, so we were all kind of her mother's age. Yeah. And I mean, by the time just that night was over, she had a place to, to oh, stay. Goodness. People had given her you know, money so that yeah. she, could, she could eat. It was so cool because you go, that's the community of believers. Right. This, isn't, this isn't class. This yeah. isn't something where you're just going to memorize facts about a subject. This is real. There really right. is a God who loves loves us and he uses you know mistake prone brothers and sisters mm-hmm. to help us scooch closer to Jesus it was it was cool i felt like we actually are getting to practice you know what we're preaching oh for sure that's awesome that's a yeah and i think people often like get get the bible study books they think of it as a class and mm-hmm. and like you said it's real it's real when you're writing it it's real when yeah. we're editing it it's real when you're doing the bible study tapings yeah. like um and so that is all just part of the process and it's so yeah. beautiful how god's word is living and active mm-hmm. and meant to be discussed and um worked through in community and right. so that happens in every step of the bible study right. process which is right. beautiful Okay, so you, we know that you've been on here before. We always ask the same question, but we wanted to kind of like make it a little bit different since okay. you've answered it before. Okay. So in writing this study, 
what is something, and you've talked a lot about what has marked you, but maybe what do you feel like is something that is going to mark you for the rest of your life Mm. because of this study? Mm. It's, it's the title. The title of the study is how much more, which, you know, probably doesn't connect anybody to much of anything, but it's based on the story in Luke 11 Mm. and it's the parable Jesus tells the story he tells after he tells his disciples how to pray and he tells this story about there's a, a man and he's inside with his kids they've fallen asleep and some dude a neighbor starts banging on his door at midnight asking for bread you're like this does not make any sense <laughs> and that's the parable where he says you know because the guy's persistence because he keeps mm-hmm. banging that the dad evidently eventually gets up and answers the door and gives him a snack and um, and then after that, he says, of course, ask, you know, knock, seek, and pray. And most of us make that whole story about persistence in prayer. Mm-hmm. But the how much more, um, it's based on a Latin principle called a fortiori logic. And as you take the lesser and it becomes greater, really the sweetest part of that story is we are not the stranger banging on the door. We don't have mm-hmm. to twist God's arm. That's a parable, and in parabolic symbolism, the kids inside the house represent those of us who are children of God. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to twist his arm. Yeah. We are right there, you know, in that period of Jewish history. They had one bed, they had one room. Right. So if you had a daddy and his kids, I mean there they don't they don't have to twist his arm. They can whisper and he can hear them. And I think that's what marked me about this study is the the miraculous accessibility of God, Mm -hmm. that he's not this faraway king who's, you know, mad at us because we don't get it right all the time. He is, his presence is as close as our next breath. He is this up close redeemer who loves us, who's for us, not against us. And so I think that's what marked me most is that his love for us is infinitely bigger than our comprehension. Mm. I love that. I'm I just looking. At I don't think passage. we can add to that. Yeah, I love that <laughs> passage, and I, I think it just gives new meaning to that phrase. You know, how much more? I'm like, how mm-hmm. much more will the heavenly Father give us? You know, right. uh, yeah. when we ask, when we seek, and when we knock. So mm-hmm. good. Well, Lisa, we know we've got to wrap this up, and thank you so much for joining us. And we are so excited about your new study, and everyone can Thanks, find it Kelly. on lifeway.com. Um, we hope that our listeners will hurry and plan to do this with your with your groups this fall or whenever you get a chance to do it. And thank you, Lisa, for just being so faithful to write for us and to be one yes. of um, the authors that we just really cherish at Lifeway. Thank you for having me, Kelly and Elizabeth. I love being with y'all. It's a treat. So fun. Well, listeners, we hope you'll be back with us next week, and we look forward to seeing you then. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to want to check out lifeway.com slash Lisa Harper. From there, you can learn how to hear Lisa teach live at our upcoming Lifeway Women Live event in Cincinnati, Ohio on August 13th and 14th. You can also learn more about Lisa's new 100-day devotional called Life. And of course, you can grab your copy of How Much More, the new Bible study from Lisa. Again, that is at lifeway.com slash Lisa Harper. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us.
You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.